Okay, we're back for another uh, vlogcast recording. Welcome back, Jamie. Oh. How was your summer been? Not a bit of summer, has it? It's been rain. Um, far too hot days, um, which seemed to pour days where I had to run around signing documents for a new house. Um, so this room might change in later episodes, which will hopefully really throw people because the comfort of a child's nursery um, probably is quite a nice thing to look at it'd, it'd um, be no, really nice to see like a difference when you decorate the new property like every day the backgrounds uh, changing. changing yeah that'd be quite how cool. bad my decorating is because <laughs> my height isn't made for decorating I'm I'm, I'm 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 certain that all people are not made to paint um, yeah yeah how are you been I'm good, yeah. It's the summer holiday, so I have three children off school and nursery. So if anyone just randomly walks into my office like they did yesterday, mid-conference call, just walked into my office, have you seen my Nintendo Switch charger? You know, so X number of people heard that on a conference call, which is which is brilliant. So that's we've got that in the UK for another five weeks. I know a lot of the rest of the world that will probably consume this as well. The holidays change, but I think everyone feels that pain. Um, we also have a guest again, because no one likes listening to our dulcet tones uh, constantly. We have Gail with us. She has a very zen um, back backdrop. Uh, what I'll do is I'll allow um, Jamie to introduce Gail, uh, and then we'll get into some questions, if that's all right. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, so hello to Gail. Um, I worked with Gail in a previous role, and I have said this to her, so hopefully it won't embarrass her, but it's one of the best stakeholders I've worked with. Um, yes, high praise. Um, that is high praise. Because anyone and it has to say this, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the remit of getting you on. So it's, but no, it, you were a joy to work with. and But also what I liked about you, you've similar to me, you've got like a diverse career path, so you sort of worked in um, different industries and sort of I think that helps bring a different way of looking at things so yeah um, welcome to you and yeah if you just like to know a bit about yourself Gail. Yeah sure uh, so my name is Gail Comte I'm SVP of Lions Intelligence for Lions slash Can Lions um, and I guess my background is in advertising and marketing so you know running advertising campaigns running advertising and, and marketing teams um, but more recently, I joined Lions to take on more of a general management um, role for their digital product, which is Lions Intelligence, so a digital subscription platform where we really try to unpack what creative or, or rather what world-class creativity um, looks like. And that's why I met Jamie. Yes, yes. And, uh, I, I, I didn't break it, is my claim to um, so yeah, you touched upon it, and I reference that you've obviously got a great mixture in the sort of many industries you've covered. What do you think has been the most significant change from a marketing and advertising um, perspective as those companies do go more digital? Because obviously, as you would agree, you would have seen that shifted to more digital focused themes. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's nostalgia because I'm I'm getting older. I just feel like it was a lot easier to be a marketer 20 years ago okay. because I think um, you were given a marketing budget, you were able to invest in advertising and we're talking in your radio, cinema, outdoor um, and, and invest in production of that campaign as well. Whereas probably 10 to 12 years ago, 
digital marketing started appearing and at first it was a bit of a you know sort of black magic art it wasn't very scientific but as it got more and more scientific obviously it's great because you can actually prove uh, your return on investment very easily with performance marketing with social marketing there's a direct correlation of we invest we drive leads we convert them to sales and therefore you can just keep fueling that machine but i think what i saw is that the pendulum almost then shifted completely towards performance marketing and as a as a marketing director it was a lot harder to make a case for to have a brand budget mm. um because obviously from a cfo's perspective it's really nice you know you put one pound you return five that's great let's stick with performance marketing but obviously brand building is about uh, you know future proofing your business and future proofing your brand so i think that the general guide is typically your marketing budget should be 80% brand marketing 20% performance marketing and that that works together into building that that pipeline for the future and i think that the last stat i saw from from the festival was that about 48% of the spend is actually geared towards brand brand marketing budget so you can see how it's, it's a bit harder i remember when i was at carlton warehouse we just we just said you know huge confidence that advertising were driving sales and therefore we had a big budget and we were able to, to really invest in that i think it's a lot harder now i do think that creativity and, and it's now built as creative effectiveness is making a big comeback and that mm. actually brands are coming to the table they're being bolder they're being braver they they're believing in creative bravery and therefore i think i think we're going to end up in a happy middle where we'll still use performance marketing but it will be fueled by by brand and by advertising basically exactly that, that's that's changed what I was going to ask actually because today about that sort of branding do you think then when you have that data is a great thing like in my role you absolutely need to use data but do you think it's actually made people less risk averse if you don't like you know like you say companies now get a bit gray but do you think there's been a bit of a period where companies like oh i don't know if we could do that we should we should just stick to what we know kind of thing i, I, I certainly saw a moment where basically everybody every everything had to be roi basically and and whereas before you know we could approximate well we saw a spike and we know that we launched an advertising campaign then therefore we could correlate the that advertising spend to the the sales um, increase for a while it was very much well how much exactly you know if if we give you that budget mm -hmm. for that advertising campaign how much are you going to return and how, and it's it's quite difficult when um we didn't necessarily have that data before it's, it's quite interesting. I, I, what do you see, like, there's a lot of investment with product and digital delivery teams and the challenges uh, in digital marketing uh, within collaboration for, for delivery of that. A really good example, uh, I was Googling something recently. I won't say what I was Googling. It was a product I was looking to buy. But... Because of the keyword search, I think this is really clever. The competitor, I had in my head a brand that I was looking for. I Googled that brand. The competitor had paid for the Google word search, mm. and they were at the top as an advert. So they That's were really buying. cheeky. <laughs> it's really, really <laughs> cheeky. But I'm like, well, it is like guerrilla warfare online almost. Um, and do you see that? becoming a bit more like jabby when I mean, we talked about it with 
Marks and Spencers and Alfie having a pop at each other around yes. Cuthbert and um, Colin. Do you, do you see, how do you see that? And I think that's where the, like you say, they're prepared to be a bit more bolder. Is that because it's easier uh, to get the ROI uh, or um, previously or or is, is it easier now, are you saying, because you can say, because you, you can use things like Facebook ads or um, social media ads to then say, we know this this is our demographic and you can pay those those organized social media organizations to target that demographic or do you or is it is it more tricky because um the bang for buck is different but you need a presence because if you don't have a presence no one knows about us and what we do and, and what we deliver but everyone else has got a presence it's like a multifaceted that, question. that was a really multiverse around. question Sorry. <laughs> inception question yeah i i think it's quite interesting on the you know the battling on on the performance marketing field um in a previous job we we were doing that because our competitors were bidding on our brand terms so we were bidding on their brand terms and in the end we had to come to an agreement between you know the competing businesses that we would stop doing that because it was actually driving our brand terms costs up and nobody oh, was wow. really nobody was benefiting except for you know google paid search yeah yeah um, other than the people you're paying yeah and 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 quite again in another business we were also able to appeal to google because they were using our brand terms and they were you know making false claims against our products so you have to be quite careful with that i do think that you need a brand presence because brand advocacy drives preference um, I do think that performance helps you almost convert that light, you know, when you're doing your final searches and checking the reviews, having that, that presence is, is very central so that no one else is taking that share of voice. Um, I think in terms of, you know, marketing and product, it's, it's quite interesting because the, the product team should really shape the product and drive the vision and the roadmap. But I've seen in, in recent years more friction between the product team, which is quite a quite a recent function, um, mm -hmm. yeah. and and the marketing teams, because a marketing campaign is only as good as the product that it's promoting, right? So you've got the marketing team sort of help trying to drive some features and saying, well, we're the voice of the customer, we know what they want, and then that causes some some friction between product and marketing, where really what you want is a really close collaboration. You want them to have shared goals, but clear remit so that the product yeah. team is shaping that product, shaping the vision, you know, driving the, the roadmap, and then marketing is helping take that to, to market. And, and there are ways that marketing can help with user needs or understanding unmet needs in particular. But, but yeah, I think that there has been in recent years a bit of a friction between teams. Yeah, it's, it's like, I think, um, I'm yet to come across the right balance, and and I, I think that goes both ways. Like I don't think it's just like old marketing and the bad people. I think it does definitely go both ways, and I I can understand some of the frictions um, from it. Because then also within the product team, you have a designer, got a designer, but then marketing, yeah. you have a designer for the, the sort of branding. So then again, you have like how do you get them two worlds to work? So it is a fascinating area to, to sort of work in, but challenging, definitely challenging. Yeah, and if, if brand and marketing are in charge of the value proposition, for example, well, well, the value proposition is really driving also what the product is going to be. So yeah. how does it work? And 
I understand, you know, having been in marketing myself, I understand why marketing teams don't just want to be a comms channel and just a delivery um, yeah. delivery mechanism. But you really need to find your balance. And I've I've never worked in a business where product and marketing were one team, but I've, yeah. I've, I know of some businesses where basically product and marketing sit under the same exec. And I wonder if it helps with those shared KPIs yeah. and, and shared goals. Potentially. Yeah, everyone's getting bonused on the same thing, so everyone <laughs> <together>. always helps. <laughs> it does. But I do think I think the other thing is feedback's really important. That everyone's okay with the feedback coming back. So to your point, I think marketing need to understand the product and product need to understand the marketing pain, so that when there is any feedback from each other, it's collaborative to to make a better product. That feedback may come from the customer, or it may come from marketing to the product owner or the product manager and then the product manager feedback to marketing i think that's that's where you need grown-ups right as in what i mean by that is people not taking it personally that it's a shot at the work that's going on it's actually it it's everyone trying to make things better and this is probably us british people are very bad at not saying what we mean <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah. I've, 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 i think the last like year even my time working with you guys and stuff i've learned a lot i definitely have like I'm, i i i used to take things personally i'm open to holding my hands up and taking accountability for that sure um and that's again why i reached out to girls i think it's important to show that we we want to break myths within like the digital product world because i think there's a lot of like we i've said it before about people call themselves mini ceos and all this stuff it's like ah, there's what, so many assets and disciplines that play a part to it we're, we're like a cog in a machine so it definitely is something that i think needs a wider light shined on it but also companies to look at how like you say they work those teams together and i, I definitely think a big problem is the kpis of goals if you've got a metric in one team and it's very different straight away you're, you're gonna struggle it's and it's no one's all at that point it's like well i've got to hit my objectives what do you want me to do kind of thing mm. and also i think being quite clear you know what you expect from mm. either team and and then if, if some people are not happy with the setup then it's up to them whether they stay or not but at least you're, you're very very defined you've got some swim lanes that are defined basically yeah <clears throat> i want to um double down on um social media uh, I'm looking at the questions in the prompt sheet because, uh, like everything, I'm not as prepared as Jamie. And Jamie always puts, just FYI, this was mainly Jamie's idea to do these. He's great at producing prompts. Uh, so, yeah, big, big bat <laughs> on the back. I'm going to side note, Gail actually praised me once on my annual review feedback because she said, of course, you have a sheet telling people how to access the review portal because you <laughs> yeah. didn't know how to instructions do it. on how to give feedback yeah, I did. it's just like i don't know what it is i'm not a robot at times it's not did, did, it's, didn't you do a demo video as well yeah yeah demo video i recorded myself clicking on it a link to it and all this stuff yeah like it's it, probably still being used today that's the thing oh, or, please, it's, Aaron, don't or it's on confluence ego. with one view you know oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Mickey is the only viewer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you as the only viewer, contributor, and viewer. Yeah. Um, I wanted to understand where you're seeing social media at the minute regarding marketing and digital products, and and specifically your current role. Things like TikTok seem to have like caused an enormous explosion of content creation, and it doesn't seem to be 
just like people like i was reading um about you know you should post x number of times a month on instagram if you're a business it should be y on on facebook and twitter but on tiktok they're talking with the algorithm like something crazy like six times a day and it doesn't need to be new content but it should be you know what i don't know what they call it you know um tag me content where you tag something the and now threads which is the new meta um social media platform that i did see posted on linkedin all the things you have to give up the access to on your mobile phone to have a threads account which seems like an incredible amount of data um but i'm interested to understand from your point of view how um you catch up how do you how do you or how do you keep up or you, the thought process with that because you see a lot of brands and they'll actually use affiliate content creators now you see, you see people say you know i'll click on my affiliate link for this brand because uh, do you see that as lazy and what i mean by that is is it a case of oh, christ we don't know what this tiktok thing is just find some good content creators and use their brand to push our brand or do you how do you see that i'm, I'm going to stop talking uh, now it's interesting i i don't see this as lazy i see this as a way to maybe give the brand um the opportunity to have a bit more fun or more personality or you know give it more warmth um when i look at I think it's potentially different with consumer brands. Obviously, when I was working for Virgin, you know, we had permission to be quite fun and it was direct to consumer. So you're obviously talking to individuals with a with a B2B business. It's slightly different because although we're talking to individuals, it's still in a professional setup. And I think Lions, Lions has got a very authoritative figure in our industry um, and one of our brand value and and it translates into our tone of voice is around neutrality because we we are obviously not deciding who wins the work the people who are deciding who gets awarded are experts in the industry because they've got years we're just we're just convening people to do that so we've been working um over the summer and, and before the festival with some influencers to to help basically share some of our some of our key messages but in a more fun way so we've we've worked with um and of course, I'm not going to remember his name. Rob, Rob Mayhew, yeah. who's, who's an influencer um, who does funny videos about what it's like working in an advertising agency. And he's helped us share the word about um, our Can Lions wrap-up, for example, which is our free report about all the trends from, from the festival. And I think, I think that just gave us, you know, the permission to be a bit more playful on our, on our social channels. I yeah, think... Sorry, Sorry. Just Darren actually sent Rob um, Mayhew to me as a reference point. He just said, This is the sort of thing people do, like, sort of thing. And I was like, That's Yeah, it. I remember. Yeah, I remember like saying, I said, like, Actually, this is saying that I come across with their hands because I remember he would just be relentless on LinkedIn. Relentless. Yeah, he's, he's really good. I, uh, I've missed him twice as well. He's, he's come to the festival twice and I haven't had my uh, selfie with Rob Mayhew, so I'm very, very disappointed. Um, <laughs> I think again, consumer brands, they can probably do a lot more than than we can on, on social media. I think it's important to pick your social channels and then decide what you're gonna use them for. And I think for, for digital products and for products in particular, social should probably be leveraged more to help build community-driven products. 
mm. and you've got some consumer brands like Beauty Pie who do it really well. You know, they they put out a call to their community to find ideas for new products and then they refine them with their community and then they take them to market. It's almost they almost have pre-orders, right? Just from the, the fact that people engaged with the idea in the first place. Um, and I'd love to do more of that, but obviously you need to have an engaged community who's prepared to give you their time. And without particular product, because uh, most of the content is behind a paywall, we get some, we don't want to drive followers who are not subscribers and then they get hit by the paywall and they can't access any content. But I think we have ways to give just enough content that it's interesting and valuable to our followers so that it gives them, you know, it motivates them to want to get behind the paywall and see what what other tools we can give them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's my segue. Um, from the cans and the international special international festival creativity um this year what are the key trends you're seeing the next year in terms of market creativity and advertising so obviously i'm gonna have to talk about ai right um because yes. ai um I, I looked at the stats and i think just over seven percent of our award entries mentioned ai this year and that's doubled from 2022 so in 2022 people wow. were talking yeah. about the metaverse but ai was not was not mentioned but I think the interesting thing is that we saw AI um, portrayed as a tool for creativity. So not replacing human talent, but rather enhancing it, you know, making making a low budget campaign, campaign for example, um, be able to scale or, you know, making challenging ideas more realistic. So it's it's I think I personally think um, there's obviously been some controversy. Uh, controversies around AI recently, you know, illustrators being worried that their work is being used to train AI models. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, chatter around um, deep fakes and celebrities um, likeness being used, you know, to, to promote stuff. So obviously, I think it needs a legal framework. And then I think we need to think about the ethics of AI. But from what we've seen, it's been it's been used as a like I said, as a tool for creativity rather than anything else. Um, what else did we see? We, there was, you know, we had obviously years of COVID and I think yes. the tone in the campaigns uh, for 21 and 22 was was quite a lot more serious and more somber. And, and I think we're seeing the return to humor because obviously humor cuts through and you've yeah. got campaigns like the Apple, I don't know if you've seen the, um, Leon the Lizard um, Apple campaign. their their delayed message maybe maybe we'll be able to to share it with your uh, subscribers yeah. but yeah. it's just it's just very simple but it conveys the future um and the benefits and it's just funny so so it, it really cuts through um and i think we've also seen so back to social we've seen a lot of community driven creativity with brands leaning into 
influencers and to their community to create some some user generated content or or third party generated content because i think it helps create lasting relationships so for example we've got um for the first year we've had a inaugural gaming uh, lion award yes the, the grand prix was for the the video game clash of the titans and what they did is they basically imagine an alternate world where their game had been launched in 1982 and they showed their fans how the game would have evolved throughout the decades wow. and they just created this whole world and the fans just got behind it and they started creating their own their own tribute to the you know oh god yeah 40, 40 years worth of game that that didn't actually exist it was just a it was just a visualization of what it could have looked like so that's phenomenal I think these were some of the, the key trends that, that we saw this year for the festival. And you mentioned AI, so we're going to have to, we're addressing the elephant in the room. Um, so you said you think it has enhanced, but do you think there are some instances where it has perhaps reduced creativity in the market? Because, you know, like, I, I agree, there's some people who maybe don't have a budget, so you can use an AI as a prompt or can rate things, and it's fantastic. But do you think there's some people who might be like, oh, I'm swamped today, I can't be bothered come up with an imaginative like quick witty like you know like maybe like you know like a, for a social media thing goes away i like i'm posting a photo of this give me a prompt and do you do you think it could actually have an adverse effect with some people it could i would expect creative directors and chief creative officers would not would not let that fly um i saw on linkedin quite a few copywriters and creative directors who just had to play around creating some some headlines gave th mm. some prompts to ai and then asked their followers you know which is human which is ai and ai is perfectly correct grammatically but it's just not as as good as the human version so we haven't seen this in the work this year it doesn't mean to say that some people are not using it you know in their in their day-to-day -day jobs and again i think it's it's back to that legal framework and ethics I also think it's down to the clients and making sure that you know they're challenging their agencies and if the if the idea is not bold enough and not good enough just just keep pushing it but again i know i've been using it in my professional life more as a way to help me structure some thoughts maybe i had to yeah. give um i had to give a talk in a in a job center to people to explain how they could get into marketing and i basically wrote a very long prompt of everything that I wanted to say and just say, help me shape that into a bit of a storytelling narrative. And it did, and it wasn't perfect, but it just helped me structure my thoughts so then I could write my um, my presentation. So again, I think it's it, sh it should be seen as a tool. Obviously, that's not to say that it might not completely explode in the next three years, and but I, I, can't, I can't tell you that yet. Terminator. That's what I'm going to say. Terminator. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I love the subject. Hopefully, I'm audible because all of my tech just died on me. Yeah, I just saw you like. I thought he's yeah. down in. Yeah, oh, yeah. We can hear you. Don't worry. Good. Um, yeah, I love this subject. This is a subject. Of, AI is a subject I love. We are from a legislation, rules, and governing. We are, we are in trouble because there, yeah. there isn't any, and I don't think. The adoption's happening quicker than the, um, the the legislation and all the ruling, and hence why we have the situation we have at the minute with writers and actors and people striking because who owns the rights to an AI version of 
Mel Gibson or whoever it may be, right? And that's where there's there needs to be proper rules and governance. But it's happened quicker than anyone have thought. I think that's yeah. the other issue. Um, you know, mm-hmm. But interestingly, we saw one of our line winners. Um, they, they developed a tool to um, identify deep fakes. Oh wow! So I, so oh, I wow. think I think obviously you know um, laws need to to catch up, and but but I think you'll also see tools being developed to help sort of frame that and make sure that AI is not used. Yeah, I do actually like the I do actually like the concept of making entry to to creation cheaper as well for students yeah, and people exactly. like that. There is huge benefit to that, I think. Yeah. I'm I'm on I'm on the scales a bit like that where I'm like I see it and I'm like yeah some good things but then I have a, a grand fear of it at the same time um, because of that lack of sort of framework or legislations of how it should be used for good because humans I I prefer animals most of the time humans in their nature have a, I said it like when someone said about oh if we're good parents to it it'll be great but I then said think about what kids put in when they say draw a picture of some feature doing this and then the AI will be like we cannot do that and it's like that's not good and that's the sort of thing that it's hard to monitor but that moves us on to a, a different area that we always come to um a lighter subject I think which is always good to move on to so I'll let you uh do the question Darren yeah so uh so we are obviously Luton's in the name myself and Jamie uh, met in Luton um I never escaped uh and now I love the place I went through an emotional roller coaster of 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 hiding hiding my roots to now being proud of it and, and Jamie obviously everyone's heard his story of moving to Manchester and Liverpool and, and then coming back to Luton the question is Gail and it is multifaceted is number one have you ever been to Luton and number two, if you have, what did you think of it? We are going to be on a flight. I warn you, we are going to be on a flight because we were told by your own people yes. that we were okay. So you take responsibility and you get us on the flight. Unfortunately, there is no unfortunate. You are unfortunate. Every day at Luton, over 100 passengers miss their flights. So I've been in London 20 years. Um, I think I went to Luton once to pick up my friend from um, the airport. Yeah. It, it actually turns out that she was landing in Gatwick. Um, so it ended up being a very long day on the road, basically, because then, then drove from Luton to Gatwick in a panic because she was there with her kids. Um, so I, I, don't, oh. I haven't seen much of Luton, I'm afraid. You, you followed the trend, though. We've got, like, I'm going to do it, a graph. Everyone has said. Yeah, been airport, and then that's it. it's, it's a tail. No, no other bits. Oh, Everyone's that's... been to the airport. No one's been anywhere else, unless yeah, yeah. I thought well, we'd get a few. Yeah. For your house, for your housewarming, Jamie. You know, if you make sure you invite all your guests, then at least we exactly. have a, we can a little experience. Oh lord, that that'll be interesting. Well, part of it could be that you help paint the new place that would be a way to do it because <laughs> I, 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 I do not have the patience for painting um which again nice little segue because patience we now move on to a, a, another regular segment which is called what grinds my gears um so this is where we say things that annoy us in uh, day-to-day jobs or in overall working environments 
Um, so as always, the guest goes first, Gail. So if you would please tell us what grinds your gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Um, in my personal life, it would be people walking slowly in central London when I'm trying to get to work or get to the tube and I don't have a lot of patience for tourists, unfortunately. Um, and at work, I think it would be unusable data. So, you know, when you've got a big dashboard and there's loads of data points, but actually it doesn't answer any business questions. You can't download it and manipulate it. So it's just there. And you're sort of thinking there's, there's probably so much in there and I can't do anything with it. Yeah. And someone spent tens of or hundreds of thousands of pounds producing a dashboard, but it means nothing to anybody. That is a really yeah. good one, actually. Yes, that that has happened everywhere I've been. Like, but what does that mean? We don't know. We're just, we're just hacking it in the hope that it becomes something. Oh, that's a great one, um, Darren. What about you? Uh, my my mine's everyday life again. Mine's very boring, but mine's when you. Uh, my calendar is quite packed, but I still book out time to do what I call deep, deep, um, deep work. So I don't, I true, I truly don't believe that if your your calendar is just full with meetings, meet going to do to a meetings not work. You have to actually do the work. My my favourite is when your calendar is booked, but someone still books a meeting. They can clearly see you are busy you either got a meeting or you've booked your time to do something but they still book a meeting it's like to say i think you'll pick my meeting over the other meeting <laughs> like what so why have you let, done that would you let the person off then let's let's dive into this one if they say because i'm actually guilty of this let's say there's 20 people on the invite and you're the only one who isn't available at that time and they said look i know you're they then actually approach say, look, sorry, I know you are, but there is any like flexibility. Would that alleviate this or is it? Uh, I, I'm like, what do you want me to contribute? If 19 out of the 20 people are there, it sounds like you have everything you need. Okay. Just send me the notes or the recording. And if you need me for anything. Um, but yeah, the, it, it sounds like you're the type, Jamie, that just goes, I'll, I'll be more important. I'll book this meeting. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more product people tend to have to be putting the meetings in we're like it's almost like you're organizing and honestly you go and then you get someone go we need this by next week so can we move it on and then you go right and you get in and you see and i i've literally got one today no joke where there's 22 people on it and there's no way you're finding a slot for every person no. and what i try and always do because i don't like to block it in so i say to the main stakeholders who are key so I try and fit, and then I always do a prerequisite saying, appreciate this time is available for everyone, yeah. but I've got to make it work. And this is what we're covering. So I do always put an agenda in it, but I do get your side of things because it is like, well, I do like the phrase deep work. Deep that's work. a fascinating one, that. Like, there's work, yeah. and there's deep work. Yeah. You well, have like a, a the, music uh, setting. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I'm a strong believer, like, and there was a study done that it takes 18 minutes to flip yeah. context. So, so if you if you book an hour and then someone disturbs you for to talk, think about something else, we've lost twenty minutes. So you you know you've lost a third of that time trying to context flip to do something else. Um, I'm a I'm a real believer in um, in focusing on something and doing it well rather than just keeping five things afloat. Um, yeah. 
I like to get things done. But yeah, what's your what's yours, Jamie? Or have we already done yours? I can't uh, it's, it's, this one's interesting. So, because again, I try and look at myself in a lot of things. Optimization and the lack of it. The amount of places that go, we're going to build something. We're going to go to market. We're going to put a ridiculously tight deadline on it. So we're going to actually put it out in the public domain and say we're going to market a new product. Start like teasing people with this date. So you put everyone under unbelievable stress. You go live, and then everyone has a big. But there's normally like a little party or a little like drinks uh, and say well done, which you should celebrate a win. But then you go right next one. You know oh, we just released this. You not want to? No, no, no. It's live now. We don't care. You know, like, but what? If, and I've been somewhere where genuinely it's negatively impact conversion, and I've contributed. So I take like, yeah, I want to improve. No, but we've got to do this one. There ain't any. There's no budget. We we budget aside just to launch. I'm like, but it's not doing well. What world are we working in where you don't then think I want to improve that? And then like, it's, even if it's and you know, and then there's ones where it's like you know it's something you can do quickly and it's not the biggest thing in the world and it will just do a little shift because you realize oh we didn't we didn't think about that in that scenario and it, it's a, it's a it's a pain in in i think any realm of business not the product i think developers take pride in what they're delivering designers and when you go live to then say to a team of people who i don't know sometimes you've worked on something for six months and you've been unrelenting in it and then yeah, you're not going to have a chance to improve that. It's it's also demotivating. Take away the, yeah, you want to help the business, but it's actually demotivating to then go, we've just got to gear up again and go on something else and know that we may not get to then look at that. And it's it's a knock on effect. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's um it definitely grinds the gears. It, it it does, and it's something that I try and actively do before the project starts of what's not in scope, but then also during the project, I then and say, these are things that I think would improve it. So then if I don't get to, or I leave or whatever, someone can come and go, I can see where they wanted to take this. So there's a clear understanding there, but it's not a foolproof way of doing things, but it's something I try and do. That's good. I like it. And I wholeheartedly agree. It's like breathe out and just leave it to, to, to fest through. Fester for three years until someone says that's broken. We need to pick it up. And yeah, it yeah. And then I feel sorry because I've probably been that person when you walk and go, "What were they thinking when they built this? Like, what were they doing?" And you're like, "Ah, oh, I've probably done that now because I've been in product now nearly seven years. I've probably done that." Probably over. Done it, yeah, yeah. It's someone else's problem to 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 fix and resolve. Going back onto something lighthearted before we we close, um, what, what I used to work in an office near St Paul's. Um, oh, Gail, uh, one of the things I, what my colleagues there, we used to play. How many tourist photos do you think I've been in today? Just when you walk for a coffee, <laughs> <laughs> I want to instill that in your your living in London and your frustration with tourists and anyone else that's slow walking around. You you probably have photo bombed many a many <laughs> tourist photos. <laughs> So instead of getting angry, just try to photobomb as many people yeah. as I can. Yeah, yeah. Cool okay. yeah, yeah. That's the way I live well is, to live. Yeah. And I'm so British that when I do that, I apologise. I do, I go, sorry, like that. And, I, I, and I've got my headphones in, maybe a coffee hand, and I'll be like this back in the day where I went into an office, and I'd be like, sorry, like that. I'm like, oh, wrong. They're, try, they're trying apologize. to take a photo, and you're, there's you just trying to get to work. It's, or you have the horrifically rude moment where, and this has generally happened, they are really 
blocking you and they go, oh, sorry, can you take a photo? Sure, don't worry about it. I'll just get in trouble for being late. Yeah, I don't look like I'm going to work. Anyway, please visit London, anyone who's listening. In and Luton. London. Yeah, and we're Luton. friendly and Luton. Yeah. We what's are the, what's, what's the, the key landmark in Luton? Boom. Oh, uh, there's many. Uh, St George's Square. No, um, Kenilworth Road. Kenilworth it, Road, that's the football I've referenced this and Darren has. So if you don't know much about football gale, Google Kenilworth Road, Luton Town Ground. The away end that is going to be in the biggest, I'd say sporting league, actually, because it's worldwide in the world. People have to go over people's back gardens to get into the away end. They literally go over some stairs and it's back garden of someone's house and then they go into the away stand to watch the game. There we go. Look at that away end. Here we go, boys. Check out this away end. Fine. Look! I can see you doing your washing. Here we go. Unreserved seat, Mr. Man United fans will be going into the garden and then into the ground. That's yeah. the landmark, and I, I hope. We're going to lose it one day, but I, it saddens me that that... It was, it was built in 1902, I think, yeah. and it's not changed, really, other than paint, being painted. It's been painted a few times. Painted. It may be held together with paint, possibly. I don't know. And netting. There's some netting around the ground. To stop it. Right. Yeah. Think about this, Gail, elite professional sport, and there's netting to stop a ball going in someone's garden. Like that's where they're at, and I love it, and that is why why people need to be more aware of Luton as a place. You've really sold Luton to me. Thank you. Good. There you go. Right. Well, thank you very much, Gail, for coming on and talking to us. Uh, it's an thank absolute you for pleasure. having me. Thank, thank you, from Jamie. Thank you, Darren. I will see thank you next you. time. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye.